Thank you, David and Ross and Shane. Thank you all so much for your ministry to us. I appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll be looking today at Philippians chapter 2. Just one simple thought this morning that I believe can radically impact your life in a very, very real way, in a very practical, practical way. This is my very favorite passage of Scripture in regard to the celebration of Christmas. I believe that this, in a nutshell, gives us an indication of why Jesus came. It gives us some guidance and direction about how we're supposed to live our lives. We look at this one very simple truth this morning by asking ourselves this question. I ask you to be honest with yourself, and I, I, um, I ask you to, to not say out loud. <laughs> Here's the question. When was the last time you consulted Jesus on a decision that you needed to make? When was the last time you consulted Jesus on a decision that you needed to make? Small decision, large decision, doesn't matter. Philippians chapter 2, and beginning in the fifth verse, I read seven verses to you. This is just seven of my very favorite verses in all of Scripture. It's challenging to me, and yet it's incredibly encouraging to me. And I pray that that would be your experience this morning. As a matter of fact, let's ask the Holy Spirit if he would accomplish that in our lives. Holy Spirit, this is your time. These are your people we desperately need to hear your voice. As John the Baptist said, may I decrease so that you might increase. Give us ears to hear you. Prepare our hearts. Help us to understand, Lord, that you never waste a word. That what you give us, you give us for our good because you love us. This is sacred. This is spiritual. This is eternal. This is important. So we, we need to hear from you. I trust you for that. I, I, I believe you for that. I, I thank you in advance for that. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Apostle Paul writes to the church at Philippi. The Holy Spirit says to each and every one of us today, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. who although he existed in the form of God, he, he was essentially God, he was God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." Therefore, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those who are in heaven and those on earth, those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I see in this passage of Scripture a Christmas story. I, I see a a prelude to Christmas. You might 
jot these notes down real quick on the bulletin that you were handed when you came in this morning. These four real quick points. The prelude to Christmas is that Jesus is God. We spent last year on the Gospel of John, whose primary message, whose focus, this theme is Jesus is God. That Jesus' existence did not begin 2,000 years ago. We call that the preeminence of God. Before anything was created, Jesus existed. He is God. He's always been with God, it says in this passage of Scripture. In John chapter 1, it says that He is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Hebrews chapter 1, the Son is the exact representation of God. He's God. He was God before He was born in a stable. That's the prelude. The reality of Christmas is that God became man. That God chose to visit the earth. That He experienced what we experience. That He was born like we were born. That He grew in stature that he grew in knowledge. Though he was God, he grew in knowledge. He grew in understanding. The Bible says that he was tempted. Most of the temptation that I feel in my life comes from my flesh. He wasn't tempted from his flesh. That's the old nature. He didn't have an old nature. He was born of a virgin. No sin was passed down to him. He was sinless, but he was tempted by the enemy. He understands temptation. And he suffered like you and I do. He suffered physically. He was cold when it was cold outside. He, he suffered disappointment. He suffered grief. He understands what it's like when someone dear that we love dies. He understands what that's all about. He suffered just like we do. He's always been God. God chose to come and visit earth, and the why of Christmas is that God came to die. That God came to give Himself a ransom. He came to pay the penalty. He came to demonstrate His love for us. Just the right time, God sent His Son. And while we were God's enemy, Christ died for us. What an incredible expression of love that is. He came to pay the penalty for every bad choice I've ever made for every mistake I've ever made. He came to pay the penalty for my sin. He came to pay the penalty for your sin. God Almighty came to visit earth so that He might pay the penalty for our sin. I I want you to, to understand as well that God came to be an example to us, to show us how to live. What else could this possibly mean? Have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus. Think like he thought. Have the kind of mindset that he had. 
Allow Him to be your example. Follow His example. He gives us a picture of how we are to live, the kind of lifestyle that we are to have. Our M.O. should be the M.O. of Jesus. As we see how He walks on this earth, how He interacts on this earth, how He serves on this earth, how He loves on this earth, how He, how he has this incredible relationship with God the Father while He's here on this earth, His, his submission here on this earth, His servanthood here on this earth. His obedience here on this earth. His humility here on this earth. It's no mistake. He shows us, He gives us an example of how to live. And then my favorite, favorite part is the result. The result is that God the Father exalted Him. Raised Him up. Gave Him a name that was above Every name. Gave Him a position so that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus is Lord. The result of Christmas is Jesus is Lord. What does that mean to you? That's, that's the point this morning. That's the principle this morning. That's the lesson this morning. That's the, the simple idea this morning. Jesus is Lord. It says, it says, have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And it begins to tell us the mind of Christ. It begins to show us the lifestyle of Christ. And it says, follow His example. It, we, we could make a list of things that we see just in these few passages uh, this morning, but let, let me highlight just a just four. One is he laid aside his attributes or privileges. He laid aside his attribute. He laid aside the privileges of being God. He, he laid aside his omnipresence. When, when the king left the palace and came to visit earth, he could only be one place at one time. He set aside the attribute the privilege of omnipresence, as well as omniscience, an all-knowing God. Jesus grew. Jesus learned. Jesus grew in understanding. Jesus grew in wisdom. We are mistaken when we think that when Jesus walked this earth, that He knew all things. He knew only what the Father revealed to him. He did only what the Father told him to do. He said only what the Father told him to say. He went only where the Father told him to go. We should live like that. And we have that opportunity. For we have this relationship with the Father through the Son. And so, He laid aside His attributes. He laid aside His privileges. Why? Well, here's another uh, characteristic. Here's another attitude that we should have. Here's another direction for us. Because He put others before Himself. He laid aside these attributes because He put us before Himself. 
he left the palace, the glory of heaven, for us. Because he put others before himself. And then the Bible says in the scripture that he humbled himself. He took on the nature of a servant. It goes so far as to say a bond servant, which was the lowliest kind of servant. He laid aside his attributes. He put others before himself. He humbled himself. And then it says that he was obedient. He was obedient to the Father. Regardless of the cost, he did everything the Father told him to do. These four things are followed by the the direction, the command. We ought to have that attitude in our lives. Have this mind, have this attitude in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who set aside attributes, who put others before himself, who humbled himself, who was obedient. He is our example. This is how we should live. This passage of Scripture can radically change your experience in 2016. This is a wonderful opportunity to go back over 2015 and say, is this how I lived? Did I I have the same mind as Jesus? Did I follow his example? And we would all do so well to challenge ourselves to say, you know what? Regardless of how we answer, did I do that in 2015? Regardless of how we answer that, to say in 2016, That's my commitment, and I I understand that it's probably going to be something I have to recommit to and recommit to. It's going to kind of be a priority in my life. It's going to kind of be the goal I set. It's, It's going to be my heart. It's going to be what drives me. It's going to be Number one priority, I I, I want to have the same attitude, the same mind as I see in the example of Jesus. I I want to set aside privileges. I I, I want my identity to be in him. I don't want my identity to be as a businessman or or as a mom or as a coach or as a student. I I want my identity to be in Jesus. I'm setting aside all those other things. And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consciously, in a very intentional way, uh, recommit to this every morning that I'm going to put others before myself. Because that's what Jesus did. And I want to humble myself. I want to surrender. And I want to be obedient to what He calls me to. Now, look, Jesus did this. All right? Verse 5, verse 6, verse 7, it tells us this is what he did. Verse 8 tells us this is what he did. Jesus is the subject of the verb. This was his action. This was he did. This is what he, but in verse 9, the subject of the verb changes. Now it's not what Jesus is doing. It's what God does. It's what the Father does. And verse 9 says, because of what Jesus did, because of his lifestyle, because of his humility, because of his obedience, therefore, also, God exalted him, bestowed on him the name which is above every name, 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Jesus' humility, Jesus' obedience, Jesus' death, and God responds and exalts him. And he gives him a new name. And the name is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Now, we're given instruction. Follow the example of Jesus. Why should we do that? Because he's Lord. Lord means master. Lord means in charge. Lord means boss. Lord is the, is the one we're subject to. When's the last time you consulted Jesus on a decision that you needed to make? Why should we do that anyway? Should we do that because we want to uh, get his direction so we'll be happy? No. Because we want to get his direction so we'll be more comfortable? No. Why should we consult him on decisions we need to make? Because he's the boss. Because he's the master. Because he is Lord. You couple that truth with his love for us that's been demonstrated to us, this incredible love. Why would we be called to serve the Lord? Why would, why would that be the direction for us? Why would that be the command for us? So that he would make us miserable? So that he could have, keep us in bondage? No. Because he wants what's best for us. And he alone knows what's best for us. He desires what is best for us. Will that be comfort? Will that be uh, jolly ollie, happy all the time? No. Why? Because that's not what's best for us. He's the Lord. We follow him. I believe he's God. When, when we say he is Lord, I believe what we're saying is, I, I know that he is God. I know he has everything under control. I commit everything that I am and everything that I have to him. Everything that I am and everything that I have. He's in charge. He's the boss. Everything that I have belongs to him. It's right that I go to him and say, what do you want me to do with this? This belongs to you. My family belongs to you. My wife belongs to you. My husband belongs to you. My children belong to you. My job belongs to you. My car belongs to you. My house belongs to you. Everything that I have belongs to you. The giftedness that you've given me, it belongs to you. Everything that I have belongs to you. I'm seeking you. I want, you, I want to know how you want me to use that. Jesus is Lord. The Bible says in this passage of Scripture that there will come a day when every knee will bow. Everybody you know, whether it's a friend, a brother, a sister, whether it's a, someone who doesn't like you, someone who persecutes you, someone who ridicules you, everyone you know one day will bow the knee and say these words, Jesus is Lord. 
That's the result of Christmas. Jesus is Lord. So, so you're going to say it. You're going to say it. You can say it one day when every knee will bow, or you can say it today. You can say it today out of, out of love. You can say it today out of the reality of, of who He is. We ought to say these words every day. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. When we experience an incredible blessing in our lives, we ought to say, Jesus is Lord. When we're discouraged, we ought to say, Jesus is Lord. When we're worried, we ought to say, Jesus is Lord. When we're tired, Jesus is Lord. When we're persecuted, Jesus is Lord. When we're grieving, Jesus is Lord. When we're at the end of our rope, it seems there's nowhere to turn. We don't think we can move forward. Jesus is Lord. It's the result of Christmas. I believe it's the Christmas story. The prelude, Jesus is God. The reality, He visited earth. The why? To express His love for me. To pay the debt for my sin. To give me an example of how to live. The result, God exalted him to a place that is above every name. The name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. What? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Master. Y'all, let's make this what 2016 is about for us. Let's start today. Jesus is the Lord. It's the result of Christmas. Jesus is Lord. Forgive me, Lord, Master, when I act like I'm the one in charge. Forgive me, Lord, when I do my thing instead of your thing. Forgive me, Lord, for not recognizing and acknowledging that you have been exalted to a place that is a place of honor above all others, that you have been given a name that is above every name. Forgive me, Lord, when I don't acknowledge that in my life. Forgive me, Lord, when I don't have the same attitude in my heart that you had in yours as you walked this earth. And Lord, I make a commitment, and you know, you know me. <laughs> it's easy to say I will. I recognize, Lord, that the commitment I make to you this morning will take the rest of my life to live out. I know that there will be times when I fail. I pray by the power of your Spirit, Lord, that I will appropriate your forgiveness in my life and make that commitment to you again. You're the Lord. You are the Lord. You are my Lord. You're the Lord of my life. This is... This is something, Lord, that, that I want to be different about me in the coming year. I can't do it on my own. I surrender myself wholly to you. Everything that I am and everything that I have belongs to you. Lord, I, I, I want to seek you. I want your guidance. I want your direction. I want to be humble. I want to be obedient. To you in every single area of my life, I make this commitment to you.
I pray for every individual that's in this room, Lord. Some still have questions that there are no answers to. Some are skeptical. Some still want to understand why. Lord, I pray that you would meet them at their point of need. I pray that they would not just know of you, but they would experience the reality of your involvement in their lives. I pray, Lord, that they might come to a place where they would say, you, in fact, are Lord, Master. That they would surrender themselves wholeheartedly to you. I pray, Lord, that as a church family, we might encourage each other in this commitment, in this quest, in this lifestyle, in this mode of operation, in this attitude of the mind and attitude of the heart that we would recognize that you have brought us together so that we could encourage each other in this journey. Lord, help us to be that kind of church family. Lord, we ask all of this so that through our lives, you're glorified. That through our lives, the light is shown on you. That through our lives, you, you become more famous in this community. That through our lives, other people would see your love and your mercy and your grace. Lord, we ask you to accomplish this in our lives for your name's sake. We thank you for hearing our prayer. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, before we... Um, bring our service to a close. I, uh, I want you to watch a real quick video. It's about 30 seconds long, 45 seconds long, something like that. It's a little bit of an introduction to what we're going to be doing over the next four or five weeks. January is going to be a little bit different for us. Uh, I'm going to be sharing with you in the month of January the direction of our church and where we're headed and some of the things we feel like God wants us to do. Uh, we're going to be sharing with you about the the, the fresh start that January affords us and uh, hopefully casts some vision. And I want you to be excited about uh, this coming year and what God wants us to accomplish. I kind of want you to have your eye on the vision that God has given us. And we're going to spend the month of January. It'll be a little bit different. It'll be Bible study. It'll be Scripture. I'm going to use the, uh, some passages from Joshua and the brand new start God gave his people and and, and, and bring it into the 21st century and talk about how, uh, what God wants to do in us and what God wants to do through us. But this will give you a little bit of an introduction to that. It's just a few seconds long. And uh, then author will lead us in a time of worship before we're dismissed. Okay, watch this video. <laughs> 